Well, welcome anew and welcome back. You have landed on the Further Faster podcast. I'm your guest, your host, your guide for this next little while in assisting you in doing exactly what the name implies, and that is to help you go further faster in your life, business and your personal life as well. And I'm going to start off by saying this episode I'm excited about. You get to introduce you to one of my dear friends. I'm excited about it because Pretty much any of us that are achievers or seeking to go further faster in our lives, we understand the fact, not just the concept, that in order to make money or have a business and and lead people and have a better lifestyle and all of those things and achieve more is going to require hard work. That's a no-brainer. We know that. Nothing comes without work. The challenge is is that hard work oftentimes brings about some, let's just say, nasty side effects, things like stress and burnout and so on and so forth. And we've all heard the old saying, work smarter, not harder. And working smarter doesn't just mean being more efficient. By the way, stress and burnout You're not as efficient in your working and getting your things done. And my guest today, my dear friend, Darren Verasami, he specializes in not just helping people work smarter, but work and lead their teams and create a better working environment so we go further faster. So grab a pad and a paper because you're going to want to take some notes. And we'll be back with my dear friend, Darren Verasami. Welcome back. You are going to be glad that you tuned in here today because my guest, and is, yeah, I'm proud to say he's my dear friend and music buddy, Darren Verasami. He's the co-founder of a company called 34 Strong, and he's someone who is obsessed with seeking personal greatness through connection with nature and music. And Darren leads his team to create strength-based organizations globally, all around the world. He's also been, his company's been recognized as Inc. Magazine's best workplace and fastest growing company in America. And he's among one of the greatest people, in, as far as I'm concerned, in architecting and implementing strategies-based organizations and cultures for his clients. Now, Darren, he's a firm believer in, and get this, and here's where we, I, I think that we, both of us have the melding of the minds, and then we're believers in, and he's a firm believer in that you will go further faster by focusing on what's right with people instead of just fixating on what's wrong with people. And this turns up, obviously, in your leadership, but then also in yourself as well. He hosts Strengths, what's called the Strengths Whisperers podcast, and he's a nature advantage. And Darren is also, he's a father, he's a husband, he's a bassist extraordinaire, he's a scuba diver, he's a lover of life, and his family started something that was really pretty remarkable. At the height of the pandemic a couple years ago, he took his family and moved to Barbados as an experiment to see what was going to happen. They have a YouTube channel that flips the script (laughs) and, uh, you know, the experiment in doing that. Now, I, you know, I could go on and on about this amazing man. I'm proud to have him as my friend, and we're musician buddies as well. Darren, welcome to the Further Faster podcast. Joseph, thank you so much for having me on the Further Faster podcast. Truly an honor to be here and have this conversation today. 
You as well, my friend. I wanted to make sure that everybody got a taste of your wisdom and what you do as well. First off, let's start off. Share with us a little bit about, you know, what made you create 34 Strong and what 34 Strong is. Yeah. So 34 Strong, Joseph, what we do is we help create great places to work. And the reason I got involved in it is it's fascinating. I was actually a highly disengaged employee. I'd gotten really good achieving and doing something and doing it really well, even though I didn't love it at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a senior project manager at a commercial construction company. And in December of 2012, I had the privilege of traveling to the big island of Hawaii with my daughter, who was four months old at the time, and my wife. And on this trip, I had just taken a walk on the beach with my daughter, came back up to the room. We were sitting on the balcony overlooking the roaring Pacific Ocean. I know you have some experience there having grown up in Hawaii, right, Joseph? Yes. Uh My daughter is sitting there. I'm taking a sip of coffee and she laughs out loud for the first time. And in that moment, it was one of the most amazing and terrifying moments of my life. So it was absolutely amazing because I'm looking at my daughter and I saw nothing but potential. I got to see her and say, wow, this girl's going to walk. She's going to talk. She's going to, you know, act like a teenager, which she's doing now at the age of 10, (laughs) um, (laughs) putting us through the ringer on all those things. But at the same time, it was terrifying because I was sitting there telling myself that this is the most important person in my world. My, here I am with my daughter and my, my wife, two of the most important people in my world, but I don't live a life that actually embodies that at mm. all. You see, I was commuting mm. down from Sacramento, California to San Francisco multiple days a week, leaving before my daughter was awake, getting back and she's going to bed. And I was not engaged in my work. And I, I just thought something's got to be different. So came back from that, that trip and interestingly enough, a college I was teaching at in the Sacramento area had an opportunity for me to come on board full-time and uh, start teaching more. I jumped into that, took a massive pay cut, and within two months of that, met my business partner in 34 Strong, Brandon Miller. And we both had this vision of moving the narrative and the experience for employees and for organizations by focusing on culture because we both... I had realized... This stuff matters. It can impact your health, yes. your well-being, yes. how you're doing, and the ripple effect of employee engagement into your overall wellness and happiness in life is, is completely massive. And the final thing I'll say is we both had the longer vision than just changing the workplace experience. The question that we both asked of ourselves as dads, as spouses, as members in our communities was what happens when we create a change in an organization, what's it going to be like for a kid going home to their, to their mom or their dad? What's it going to be like in the communities when that ripple effect of, hey, I, I wasn't treated like a baby treats a diaper today at work. I was actually valued for being valuable, seen for the gifts and the strengths that I can bring. And the areas that I am weak, the areas that I am not strong, I've got somebody to the right and left of me that can cover those and we can work together to shore up and, and really be in our zone of collective genius. 
That's beautiful. And that processional effect that you're talking about, it reaches out as you as a parent, it reaches out to your children and so on and so forth. I've lived that and you and I have that in common. And, you know, we talk about this a lot and that is being there for our children. You know, I was raised in a family, as you, as you said, I was, I was raised in Hawaii or I spent a lot of time in Hawaii. Uh, my father was in the Air Force and my father he didn't like the Air Force, and, and he also ha got his college education while he was raising his children and working another job as well. So he wasn't home. And later on, and, and you know, as a child, I realized that I, I, you know, as I was going through, you didn't realize that as a child. But as I got older and I started to and I talked to my dad about it, he said, yeah, I was miserable because I wasn't with my family. And it's just like you said, Darren, you know, he got up, went to work, went to school, came home. We were asleep. And so not that we turned out bad children. I know that that was one of the things that I was committed to doing. And I know you are as well, even what you did, which you move your children away is being there to raise your children as well. And they become better individuals as well. And so share with us a little bit. What where did the name 34 strong come from? Great question, Joseph. So. We are rooted in the Clifton StrengthsFinder assessment. This is a tool mm, from Gallup okay. uh, yes. that's around. There's DISC, there's MBTI, and there's Clifton Strengths. And Clifton Strengths oftentimes gets lumped in as a personality profile assessment. It's actually not that, yes. it's a talent measurement tool. Dr. Donald hmm. Clifton asked the question many years ago what'll happen when we focus on what's right with people instead of fixating on what's wrong with them? And that launched him into nearly four decades worth of research and over a million people studied to determine how talent naturally exists in all people. And when he was looking at talent, he was looking at it through the lens of what are natural patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that can be productively applied. And after the decades of research and the ongoing research the Gallup organization has conducted, what, has, what was determined was there was, over, there was 34 buckets of talent or these 34 themes that exist in all people in a ranked order from one through 34. There's not the right strengths to have or the right talents to have or the wrong ones to have. And the likelihood of somebody having just their top 10 of those 34 in the same order as somebody else is one in 6 billion. So we came up with the name 34 strong because all 34 strengths are created equal. We're all incredibly unique and how those strengths combine are what is our true secret sauce. What really brings out, I think this was a book title of yours, What Brings Out Our Awesome Sauce. This is the part that, yes, that gets yes. us much, much deeper into why we are the way that we are, how we think, why we might be, some of us might be verbal processors where we talk to think and others might need to be a little bit more introspective where we think to talk, why some of us are just proverbial box checkers, love the process of having something to execute on and, and go through. And it's not to say that one way is right or what one's wrong, but it's a function of how do we deepen our self-awareness to then move that to team awareness and organization. So the number 34 comes from the fact that there's these 34 strengths. And when we can actually learn to utilize them and deepen our understanding of ourselves, we actually have a lot more to give and serve the world. And the, and the final thing I'll say on that, Joseph, it just measures the presence of talent so it doesn't tell us if we're using those talents effectively or ineffectively. <laughs> yes, yes. So mm -hmm. what, we what we have is these talents effectively are neutral when we get the results. 
it shows us the potential of how they can contribute and what they will need to contribute effectively. So as an example of this, if we're a doer, we like to get things done, we might need to have an idea of where we're going. We need to have an idea of what the plan is if we're going to contribute. The flip side of that is we can overuse these strengths, we can underuse them, and we can go to a place that's not helpful where they can actually become right. our biggest saboteurs and take us down. And that's part of the work that we get into in growing leaders and in growing organizational culture and awareness to where it's sticking and transforming people. Spectacular. And what happens to an, first an individual and then and as an organization, what happens to somebody when they, because my guess is, is that, and it's been my experience that people, when they do recognize, here's my strengths or here's what I do, what in your experience, what happens to somebody when you make them aware of here are your talents and here's what you're not, here's how you're not utilizing them at the best. And here's how you are using, I guess I should say in the other, other direction, here's how you are utilizing them at the best. And here's how you're not. What happens to somebody when they recognize that first as an individual? And then what happens within a company in a culture? How does that change them? Let's take the individual first. The individual, sometimes they're so focused on what they aren't, they've never actually yes. taken inventory of who they are. And when we think about life, well, uh, Darren, Joseph, it's would so you, would difficult. Would you talk, talk to, about that just a little bit first? Talk about that a little bit first. Why yeah. people tend to focus on what's wrong first? Yeah, we, we, we are naturally uh, prone to focusing on our areas of weakness, our, our areas that we feel like we have these gaps. So this, this is very natural for us to do that. But if we think about it, our greatest opportunity for human excellence doesn't lie in our areas of weakness. It actually lies in our areas of strength. And when, and, and when we think about that on a deeper level, if, you, if, if I were to give everybody an exercise to just go, and I'm holding a pen right now, I'm right-handed, and if I were told, hey, for, for, for 30 seconds, write the word strong as many times as you can with your non-dominant hand. So for me, that would be my left hand. What I would find is I'm not going to do it very well. I'm going to be thinking deeply about how to write the word strong. My handwriting is already terrible. So I might be making the S backwards, the T um, in, in, the, in, a, in an incorrect direction um, and really struggling with that. And if I took the same 30 seconds and did that, that exercise with my dominant hand, it would flow. I'd be able to do many, many more times of doing that. That's a, that's a way to viscerally feel the difference of being in our space of strengths versus a place where we're not talented. So it's, it's a way for us to understand this and physically feel it. It's a great exercise to even do individually with your team, and it can help us remember where that is. But we naturally gravitate to these areas of weakness because we've been conditioned that way. Joseph, if, if we look at the way we do over and the, over. The, the, exactly our society is, we, a lot of people learn this. We ask this question, where did you learn to focus on your weakness? We actually asked this in one of our programs, our Strong Leader Academy. And many managers will come out and say, well, you know, I've I learned this in, in school. I learned this from my parents. I, I, I had a great report card. I mean, for me, that was the thing. I, I had, I'd have good grades. My handwriting sucked. It still sucks. I'm yeah, 42. <laughs> it's as bad me now too. as it yeah. was 
when I was when I was in the first grade. And I spent hours, Joseph, working on that. And here's the thing that we don't think of. When we spend all that time working on our areas of weakness, economics, we have this term called opportunity cost. It's what are you not doing? Yes, yes. What's the cost mm-hmm. of you not doing that? So by focusing all that time into handwriting, I might have been able to invest that same time, maybe into playing bass, maybe into math, an area that I was stronger, and I got to a good level at math. But the question is, what if there was a higher level? What if what you were seeing with how I was performing or how you were performing at a certain level was just the beginning? And that's the part that gets overlooked. We can atrophy in our areas of strength or under-realize, underutilize the potential that's there. So the strengths-based perspective... by continuing to focus on the, the weakness. And one thing I would add to that, if you know I me, mean, and that is that when you take away and, and you, you do start to focus on what's great, say, i.e., focusing on the handwriting with your dominant hand, the level of confidence that comes to you and you start to recognize that, wait a minute, I can do this. It also allows you when you go to your, your areas of weakness. We know this as musicians. You know, we'll sit down and we'll play something that we are used to playing or that we're good at playing. We do that over and over again. We have a good time in doing that. That gives us the confidence to go and tackle something that is our weakness, a different scale or something like that as well. So what I found is by helping people move away from that uh that focusing on their weakness or what's wrong and that kind of thing, which by the way, I would also add that we are, n- we are not only learned that somewhere, we're continuously, continuously conditioned and impacted over and over again, society and, and the media and social media and so on and so forth. That here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. So we see it, we hear it, we feel it all the time. We move in that direction as well. But you were also talking about what happens as a group, the, the group dynamics of that as well. We're, we're in the middle of right now of American football season starting off. And on the point that Joseph just made, it's a real simple analogy. You, a winning team or a winning organization wants to make sure that the right people are in the right roles, that we have the talent. And we seem to understand this from a sports standpoint. So on a football team, you would never take the center of a football team that's standing in front of the quarterback, hiking the ball to the quarterback and say, hey, you know what? We want to be well-rounded to win this championship. So what we're going to do, we're going to have the center play wide receiver's role, and we're going to have the wide receiver play the center's role for the next three games and expect to win championships and expect to come out on top. But yet in organizations, that's exactly what we do time and time again. We focus on, hey, you're going to be well-rounded at everything, and then we create the jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and people don't truly thrive. In organizations... How this plays out, Joseph, is it moves from self-awareness to team awareness. Oftentimes, the first thing that we do is actually take a temperature check, and we do that through a process of employee engagement measurement. We're measuring, we we, we use a survey, uh, and, and we're able to actually assess how engaged employees are in their work, and and that that measures things like uh, as simple as. I know what's expected of me at work every day. Like, if we think about that, it seems so simple. I know what's expected of me at work. And if, if somebody is, is showing up really strong in that space or a team is showing up strong in that space, that's just one of the indicators. But it provides a foundation to their clear on expectations 
they can then become clear on, guess what? How their talents can help them to meet those expectations. So it's really critical in measuring that. But in organizations, that opens up the conversations of what do I do good? What do you do good? How can we align? How can we put that together? Musically, we were playing together as bass players just a few weeks ago. And the fascinating part is, is the bass is the low end of, of the groove uh, within music. But when we were together, we were playing. And when you were playing the low end, I was playing on the upper end, right? Because you needed those different parts. And then when you went high, I went low. And those pieces creates the balance within music. And within organizations, it's figuring out how the talents are going to calibrate. And that is done through understanding how engaged people are and taking that pulse check on it and continuing the process of investing in culture. And I mean that just in the one-to-ones that are being had, the conversations that are being had. This is not something that you just check the box. You have a team building session one day, have a high five and everything's great. Now it's it's long work. Kind of like in your grass, you got to keep on doing it. It'll it, it'll grow back, and 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 that's where we start to gain traction. And not to mention, first of all, thank you for that. And not to mention the level of stress and cortisol release that goes on within that that workplace. People actually want to be in that environment. That's you know, I guess that's you know what you talk you talk about building a culture. You know, a culture is where people want to be and they thrive amongst each other. We're going to take a short break here in just a moment. We're going to come back. And Darren, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about human beings versus human doings, as well as uh, we're going to talk a little bit about playing some bass here as well. So gather around, everybody, you know, get your patent paper because we're going to have some more. We'll be right back with Darren Verasami. Hey, you know, I get asked a lot of questions all the time, whether it's something, you know, on online, with social media or face to face. And the question I've been asked a lot lately is, Joseph, when are you going to do something live again? Because I haven't done anything live in, in some time. And uh, so we, my team and I sat down and thought about it. So we put together an event. And I'm happy to announce to you that on October the 29th, through the 30th, 2022, in Las Vegas, Nevada, we're doing a live event called the Further Faster Conference. And this conference is going to be centered around your finances, how to make more money said differently. Now, obviously, we talk about wealthy, being healthy, happy, and financially abundant, but this one's gonna be around that because that is a subject that people should be talking about and doing something about right now. I'm gonna bring some amazing guests, some of my mentors that are gonna gonna give you some of their wisdom as well, as well as I'm gonna teach you my signature methodology of putting a million dollars in your pocket in 10 years or less. It'll blow you away, it is absolutely doable for everybody. So put that in your calendar and more specifically, go to neuroencoding.com forward slash FFC. It'll be in the description here. You'll be able to see it, go there, get your questions answered. It's gonna be a small, intimate event so it's first come, first serve. It will sell out. And I look forward to seeing you in there. And remember, life is exactly what you dare to make it. Fortune favors the bold. Boldly step up, and I'll see you in Las Vegas. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore our complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions.
Well, welcome back. Welcome back to the Further Faster Podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon, and my amazing guest is Darren Verasami. And if you were on before, you got to learn about how focusing on one's strengths absolutely helps us go further faster than focusing on our weaknesses. So, Darren, you know, before we got off here, I, I mentioned that I wanted to talk to you about this concept of the human beings versus human doings. What does that mean? Joseph, we live in a time that we are ever more consumed by doing, checking boxes, crossing things off the list. And then when we get them done, we're telling ourselves, if I do this, then I'll be happy. If I do this, then I can be whatever. And the whole thing is, it's kind of like the rainbow. It just keeps moving no matter how far you chase it. We never arrive. And the issue is because we're just driven constantly to keep doing, we never get to this state of being. And, and, and when I talk about that, what I mean is when we're, we are truly human beings, we have to just stop and be and soak it in. And what it is, is our, our mind, and you can speak even more about this, but our mind needs those spaces of being able to, to create to, to create the ability to do more effectively when we're doing, but just yes. relaxing and just being in the space of taking in. In music, since we both share that, our dear friend Victor Wooten always says this. It's one of my favorite quotes that he says as a bassist and just as a musician. It's real simple. Play the rest notes. Music is beautiful yes. because of the spaces that, in between I'm, it. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yes. Music is beautiful because of the spaces between it. If if you just dear guests, think of one of your favorite songs. Think of think of something that just really brings you up or carried you through a dark time in, in your life. And if you think about it, it's just a series of notes. And if you took all of those notes at the same time and played them for just one second, so you could go faster. So you could do more in less time, that song would sound terrible. It would sound horrific. It's the space that's between it, the being that is in between the notes that creates the beauty. Life is no different. And that's what our existence ties to. And it's and in having that space to just be, to just sit, to cultivate, allow our mind to kind of wash away um, whatever's taking place over the day, allowing that process to take place, it'll actually interestingly make us more effective when we're in the yes, doing yes. phase because we have a clear slate. I live close to the beach. The best analogy I can give is if you go out to the beach during the day and everybody's walked in the sand and the sand is all kicked up, right? What, what do we know is going to happen every day? The ocean's going to come in, take that and wipe the slate clean and create that. And it flattens the sand right back out and it's clear. So often our brain looks like that beach that's full of all these footprints. And we're like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing more. But <laughs> it becomes unclear. We did more, but we're not really getting a lot done that actually matters. We're just checking boxes on, on feeling, feeling that. And, you know, the chemistry of our mind keeps us firing. You can speak more about that. But that's, that's kind of well, how yeah, I try and yeah, differentiate absolutely. between those two. I call it, uh, thank you for that. And I call it be, do, have versus have, do, be. 
you know, most of us feel like if I have more, if I have more money, like you, you know, you point, I have more money, then I can do more for others and I'll do it. And then, then I'll be happy. Well, we're human beings. So if we be happy first, then we will do more naturally because we'll feel like it. And then we'll have more, be do have, you know, there's an analogy or not an analogy, actually a, uh, a study and actually it's been done a few times and uh, don't quote me on, I, I think it was, it was one of the, the higher institutions like Yale or Harvard several years ago where they took, um, they took uh, longshoremen, uh, which are the people that unload the cargo off of ships. And they went down, and I'm just going to briefly go through this. They went down and they took, let's say, 50 of them, and they measured how much work they got done in a day. And their work day was from 8 in the morning to noon. They worked straight through. And then at noon, they took an hour break, and then they came back at 1 o'clock, and then they worked till 5 or whatever time. And they measured how much they did. They did this over and over again. And then they took, now they did this on control groups and then they did it on, on separate groups as well. Then they took uh, the same group of people and they said, okay, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to work, start at eight o'clock in the morning. You're going to work 45 minutes and then you're going to take a 10 minute break. And then you're going to go back to work. You're going to work another 45 minutes, 10 minutes, 45, 10 minutes. And, and then you'll take a lunch break and then you will uh, come back and you're going to do the same thing. 45, 10, 45, 10, all the way till the end of the day. And the ones that took the break produced almost 20 and sometimes 30 percent more in productivity than the ones that worked all the way through. Because they took that break, or in your, what you were just saying, they, they allowed the ocean to come in and, and soothe it. And so the question is, well, what the heck did they do during that break? Well, what they did was they had them do things like meditate. They had them just, you know, go to those places in their mind and just relax. And there's so many analogies that go along with that. But the truth of the matter is that's, you know, when, when I was, when you and I were talking a few weeks ago, when you were up here and we were talking about, you know, what makes a culture, what makes people, makes a, a, a business and makes a culture in a business work so well is because the people are, are happier <laughs> and they're more peaceful in doing that as well. So, Darren, I want to talk a little bit about you, uh, your podcast, The Strengths Whisper. Such an amazing concept that you have. Share with us a little bit about that. So, Joseph, the Strengths Whisper is launching. Actually, as we're recording this right now, uh, the trailer has just been released and we're getting it going. Uh, it's, it's in season one launching right now. It's very simple. We are taking leaders of different organizations that are coming on the show. They've taken the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment for perhaps the first time. Maybe it's the second time or maybe they've been using Clifton strengths and employee engagement in their organization to build great places to work. And we're interviewing them and we're actually going through for those that have taken it for the first time or have maybe just retaken it after several years. And we're going through a live coaching session with them, literally walking them through their results, allowing them to see the ahas and connect it to other parts of their life and their personal life and their professional life and seeing, seeing what's going on as to how it goes through. So it's a great way to, for, for, for many people to actually come into recognizing, I never even thought that was a strength. I'll give you an example of this. Many, for, for, for many people, um, we, we hear in today's world that we're in, empathy. We have to be more empathetic. Interestingly enough, one of the Clifton strengths is empathy. And the Clifton Strength Finder definition and, and the talent of empathy is very different than our traditional descriptions of what it actually is. 
long and the short of it is somebody that has the talent of empathy, they can step into a room and they're kind of like an emotional thermostat and an emotional chiropractor. Mm-hmm. They can viscerally and physically feel other people's energy where they're at. True, true story for me, empathy on the Clifton Strengths Finder measurement on the assessment, it's in my bottom five, meaning it's in my 30 through 34. It's a non-talent. And that really offended me, frankly, when I took yeah, <laughs> the assessment. It, yeah. I'm like, I'm bloody, <laughs> like, I'm empathetic. You know who I, I am? I yeah. care about people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I care about people, right? But here's the thing. When I really got into it, it totally made sense because I observe and I'm pointing at my head. I, I observe here and I'm able to take in and read people and understand and figure out how to move through that. But I don't uh, physically and viscerally feel it. My wife, interestingly enough, is a top five empathy. She steps into a room and she's feeling all that energy. That does not hit me the same way. And that made so much sense. So it goes for me, from my head to my heart. For her, it's very much from that heart moving forward. Many people that will, will discover that one will figure out, I, I never even thought that that was a strength and like, how, how is that applicable? I thought that was a problem that I need to work around. It can be, mm-hmm. but what's the brilliance in it? We're so focused on the negative elements of it. We can overlook the brilliance of what it does, the, 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 the ability to actually speak life into other people and to bring that forth. So on the Strengths Whisperer, we're going to be covering those. We're going to be hearing from others in organizations that, that are, that are leading teams and how they've built the culture. Because in this day and age, Joseph, if you want to be competitive in business, being able to be uh, really effective, culture matters. You're going to have culture one way or the it other. Does. It's, it's, it's it either going to be What's by so- intention and just, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead and finish your thought because that is true. I, th- I think I knew where you were going with that. Culture will exist in an organization. You're either going to have it by intention and design or by accident. So choose wisely because if you're going to attract the best talent, if you're going to attract the best talent to your organization, which is what's going to give you a competitive advantage. And in this world where people can go in and see what an organization is like to work for, if you want to attract the best of the best, you better believe your culture matters because people, people want that and they're going to demand that. And, and that's how you're going to maintain that competitive edge going forward. No doubt. And especially as the workforce is going to start becoming more and more millennial, <laughs> you know, that's what they're looking for anyway. Hey, Darren, we are out of time. I wanted to spend some time on playing bass, but we'll do that on the next time. Uh, and thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for, for letting us go. No. And uh, let us know. I, I know we have it for those of you that are watching us. It's across the bottom here. Uh, you can see how to find us, Darren, but please tell us how they can find you and avail themselves of your talents and skills. Absolutely. So you can, you can find us at 34strong.com. That's the number 34 and then strong.com. You can find, find uh, 34 strong on LinkedIn. You can find me personally there as well. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook uh, as well. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm doing more of the family stuff and, uh, and the base. Uh, you can also find out if you're interested in following our family's journey of being an American family moving 
um, in the middle of the pandemic to Barbados and what that experience is like, you can check out the Flip the Script family uh, channel on YouTube and, and we're also on Instagram as well. And my other podcast outside of the Strengths Whisperer uh, that I did during the pandemic is called the Nature Advantage Show. I interviewed Joseph on there. We had an amazing conversation. So those are some different ways you can find me. Thank you so much. We're going to have to do this again because uh, we just started to scratch the surface. So listen, Baron, Darren, thank you so much for being on the show. And you have definitely given us some things to think about and some directions to move in to help us go further, faster. And everybody, make sure that you not just look this guy up, not, as, not just his podcast, his YouTube channel as well, as also avail yourself of what he's talking about, some of the things and, and get yourself, learn more about yourself because awareness is always the first step. Awareness about yourself and about others as well. That's how we go further, faster. So Darren, thank you so much. And everybody else, make sure that you get out there and remember that life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune favors the bold. And the bold ones step up and go further, faster. I'll see you at the top. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.